Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. My drinking days were born in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I turned 21 in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had an expectation that was set about the prices of drinks. And that was, if you have a dollar, you could get fucked up. <laughs> I'm gonna and PBR for a dollar. You can PBR for a dollar all night long. Uh. So, like, when I go to these places... Like, literally, we ordered three drinks there, so two cocktails and a beer, and my total was $50. That's insane. Right. And I was like, I literally was like, I'm from Milwaukee. My drinking started in Milwaukee. How how can you do this? This is a crime. You're robbing me. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Were they, like, actual bartenders, or were they just, like, volunteers that are just, like, fill the thing from the giant bucket? It was mix. one old man behind a counter and one young man behind a different counter. So I don't know that they were bartenders. They were employees of some sort. I bet they were bartenders. They seemed to pour those shots pretty professionally. <laughs> I, they could also have <laughs> just been bystanders. And I stole a drink and they took all my money. So I don't know. I didn't check the situation were, as thoroughly as I should have. They were running an anime convention heist, and they were posing oh. for recon. I mean, if you're going to pull a heist where you make a lot of money, being a food vendor or drink vendor is the fucking way to go. That is true. In a different way, that is just a job, though, and not so much a heist. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you make extra money at the thing that you're heisting. Oh, yeah, for sure. You... You pull the heist. Oh, because they will never suspect you if you keep working there. Yeah. It's the perfect heist. Yeah. And you can wear masks to rob the place because it's an anime. You're doing cosplay. Everyone's wearing masks. Mm-hmm. This is an anime a convention. I'll just, I'll change that to convention with cosplay is where to pull a heist. Where is my young adult novel about the anime convention cosplay heist? Can we get that, please? Can we get that, please? Send that directly to anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com, please. Yeah. Yep. We will beta read it and make that into your next bestseller. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it on this very podcast. We will. Tens we will. of people will hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of... The war. The war. <laughs> And the people in it. And the people that are no longer in it. Because they're a fucking coward. Oh. I thought you were going a different direction with that. Oh. With the oh. with the people that are no longer. Oh no. my god. No, no, no. I, I'm not ready to tackle that. I want to I wanna punch yeah, some low hanging fruit. Let's shit talk first. straight first. This fucking guy. I hate this guy so much. And I was so 
dissatisfied with the conclusion of that chapter. Okay. Because I wanted, I wanted a punch. Yeah, at least a punch. Yeah. I, I hate <laughs> this guy. I fucking hate this guy so much. I wanted her to upend the table. Oh yeah. Onto his face. Oh, I wanted her to drunkenly smash the wine bottle over his head. I wanted her to pick him up and throw him through the cafe window. I wanted her to gut him like a carp in the middle of a cafe in France. <laughs> With her knife under With him. With her knife. Oh my her god. Kum- kumia. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, that. yeah. But I want her to take it off her belt, stick it directly through him. Through like the, the orc in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. He's <laughs> <laughs> the worst person. He's not even a person. He's a character. He's just so pathetic. He's pathetic. He's so pathetic. He's so... There's a word that I'm looking for and I can't... can't, Describe the word. Like, when you're you're a shit and you have to pretend like you're not a shit but everyone can see you're just a fucking shit and, and like, you're... I don't know. You're a victim of toxic masculinity and and you're just the worst. He's the worst. He's the worst. Very He's absolutely the worst. He is. Just fuck off forever. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if he fucked off forever. I'd be pretty pleased if he fucked off forever. He's gonna go, gonna go fuck off and die alone. That'd be nice. That'd be very nice. I hate that guy. I do too. Like, uh, just, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Anymore. I hope he never comes back into the story. I hope there are no more pages wasted on this fucking pathetic excuse of a human. <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes I'm. There's one movie in particular, spoilers for Legally Blonde, everyone, cover up. <laughs> but you know at the end when, like, her shitty ex-boyfriend, like, is like, yeah, he graduated without honors and without any job offers, and he just, like, sucked forever? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of wonder if there will be something like that. Like, I hope so. A mention That's at the, the end. I'll like, accept that. Yeah, like, Strand Braxton went home, and everybody learned what he did, and nobody talked to him ever again. Dishonorable discharge. Yeah. Never got a job. Or he Never went to prison. Married. Ooh, all right. I dig prison. Because he, he, he defected. Deserted. I, he, uh, spoilers, I guess, for the chapter that we yeah, aren't sorry. at yet. <laughs> I don't, no, fuck it. I, no, I was doing the same thing. Like, fucking mocking her silver star. Fuck you. Fuck you, she got that for saving your fucking useless ass. What a smack in the face. Yeah. What? What the fuck? What the fuck is correct? Shove that silver star up his ass. Kick him. In it. Mm-hmm. In the butt. And I hope he has to try to pee it out as a kidney stone later. <laughs> that's the type of pain he deserves. That's how the inside of the human body That's works. how the inside... Listen... <laughs> 
Congress doesn't need to know, and neither do I. It's just a big bunch of shit up there. We can just say whatever we want. And we can it's just true. say whatever we want. That's what that's the precedent the government has set, and I'm following it. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I'm going to cry. I am I am crying. Crying on the Internally. inside. Yeah. For every person who's dated someone like this, I'm crying for them. For a person who's still dating someone like this, and they kind of know deep in their hearts what's happening, but they just haven't mm. had the... We can cut this if you want. <laughs> I don't. I, I think if... Listen, if you're dating somebody and they do anything that you're like, oh, that's so Strand Braxton, leave their asses immediately. <laughs> Goodbye. Kick them Goodbye. out. Listen, this is... You save their ass and they mock you for it because their friends are like, mm, your girlfriend had to save you. And they're like, oh, I, my, what my friends say over this. Or boyfriend. What, you know what? If they're an inconsiderate asshole like Strand Braxton, yeah. dump them. Goodbye. Good fucking bye. Life's too fucking short. Yeah. Well, shall I summarize? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Before we go further off the rails with this. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure we'll tear him apart plenty when we get I'm to his sure. section. This motherfucker. Oh my god. Okay, so I think my notes are a little bit off the rails. I love There's it. There's a lot of fuck words in it. Love that. It depends on the week. Like, sometimes I'm feeling like, oh, I'm gonna, like, you know, treat this, like, a consummate professional. And other weeks I'm just like, eh. I dig that. Alright, this is part four. We are starting at part three, Paris. We are stopping at part five, Battle of the Bulge. Oh god. Dun, dun, dun. M cry. M cry. Just already. Mm-hmm. But first we're in Paris, we're having a great fucking time. Except we're not having a great fucking time, because shit is still heavy and terrible. Um, we're starting with Rio, Kat, and Jeannot. They're sitting at a cafe. They have beers and charcuterie. Everything seems pretty cool right now. Um, Jeannot... Jean, what? Jeannot? Ingenue. Uh, Ingenue. Ennui. She's complaining about how Frenchmen are too short for her, and... Etc. You know, they're all just shooting the shit together. And then Jeannot shows them the letter that her mom sent her, and they're all like, wow, that really sucks. And Jeannot's like, yeah, anyway, Rio, what about that strand Braxton? And Rio's like, let's not talk about that. What a tourist attraction are we going to go look at? Um, because all we saw was some dumb church, which I enjoyed that. <laughs> Notre Dame, the dumb church. <laughs> some stupid church. I... <laughs> I am forever going to refer to Notre Dame as some dumb some church. church. I get it though. I like, okay, listen, this might be too personal of a story, but I, when I was younger, went to Quebec with my grandmother, like on a vacation trip or whatever for like a week or something like that. Good fishing in Quebec. And we didn't go fishing. We had to do no. what my grandmother wanted. I mean, listen, it was, it was a great trip. It, yeah. I'm sure there's memories that were wonderful. Whatever. But one of the things that stuck out was that, we did have to go on like a lot of church tours, which was, you yeah. might imagine, not yeah. my jam. Right. And I do remember going into a church that everybody was like, we got off the tour bus or whatever. And everybody's like, oh, wow, look at this amazing church. And I was just like, this fucking sucks. And like, so I get where Rio's coming from. And then after that, they had to stop mm. at a place for lunch that had a beehive and they showed you the life of bee like they had a whole wall diagram with like bees going through it so you could see like what was happening through the plexiglass i'm like this is way better than a church why do we go to a fucking church when the bees were right here anyways i'm sorry let me let you continue is a beehive a bee church 
if it is, I was excited to go to that church. I would have gone to a million B churches. Can you imagine a church that has like stained glass windows where it's like the the honeycomb you can with like lick it. It's like Willy Wonka B church. It's like Willy Wonka church. Willy Wonka church. I would have gone to that a million of those. They could have taken me to see B churches all day. The whole week. Oh. The whole I could have gone for months. That's perfect. That is perfect. Bees are <laughs> bees are great. Bees are great. Let's some, save them. Dude. Churches are dumb. Churches are dumb. Um so I, you should be proud of me today because I've always been afraid of bees, of flying, stinging insects. They're just not my favorite. I've always been afraid of any kind of bee. Yeah. Even the cute little honeybees, even the cute little bumblebees, just can't do it. Today, I was walking a dog. I was standing in between two oop, two bushes, and there were bees, like, all around me, and I didn't freak out. Aw, that's great. This is my little accomplishment. Yay! Yay! You became one with the hive. I became. You became. <laughs> oh, no. That's bees fantastic. are great. fantastic. Bees are great. I love bees. I know. Gotta love a bee. Gotta love bees. A little fuzzy. We don't love hornets. They just... They just need their space, and I, I can respect that. The older I get, the more I understand where hornets are coming from. Sure, 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 sure. What about garbage bees, though? Garbage bees. Yellow, yellow jackets? Oh. The, the ones that float around the garbage and, like, don't respect you. Like, I, you could just be walking, minding your own business, and they're just like, hey, what's up? I'm going to sting you, fucker. I have a scar on my eyebrow from where I got stung by a yellow jacket because it blew into my hair, and it got caught in my hair, and it stung me. And that feels rude because you're caught in That's my hair. Yeah. So this is on you, Yellow Jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking rude. It's it was pretty fucking rude. <sighs> okay, I'm sorry. This has been a lot of bee talk. We can go back to the book. <laughs> bee talk with Casey and Alex. <laughs> bee talk. All right, we're back in Paris. Um, there's also some like sort of meta narrative going on about how. Um, that Paris was very much untouched by the war, and Rio's kind of like, well, that's what happens when you surrender early, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's tension between the Americans and the French, because the Americans know there are French spies that are working for the Nazis, so everybody's kind of just, like, eyeing each other, giving each other stink eye. And also, the men are too short, apparently. Yeah, but they had charcuterie, so... They do have charcuterie. I would like that. Is it charcuterie or charcuterie? I mean, I always say charcuterie, but okay. listen, I'm not the authority on pronounced. Pr- mm. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Woo. Um, they're going to go see the paintings at the big museum. Not because they want to, but when they get home, everyone is going to ask them about it. So they got to go. The big museum. Yeah, you know, you know, we couldn't research the name of it. Because it's just the big one. <laughs> like Michael Grant, you're Michael, killing me. Like, like the church thing was kind of funny, but then I was like, when they got to the big museum, I was like, they really don't care, do they? They really, they really do not care. Not one Even bit. Even Cheneau, who's all like, oh, Paris, I want to go to Paris. Like, you know, part of the reason I joined Who the army. Who insists her name right. is pronounced the French way. Yeah! I, it was a choice. It was a choice. It was a choice. I mean, I love it. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a good point, though. Because she mentioned at the very beginning of this shit she wanted to go to Paris. And now they're in Paris and they're like, everything sucks! Yep. Can't even appreciate it. We're just gonna get drunk instead, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Listen, they're right, though. Yeah. They deserve a drink. Or several. A lot. A lot of drinks. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna talk about churches again. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Although, I did look up pictures of St. Chapelle, and holy shit, I would go to this church. It is gorgeous. Is it? Like huge tall stained glass windows absolutely stunning like holy shit like architecturally not from like i'm not religious i'm not like gonna go there to feel some kind of way about jesus but i will go look at the beautiful archways and stained glass windows architecturally i will think belovedly of my art history teacher who got really intense about architecture and flying buttresses and it was very adorable I love that. See, I would I would go to churches for architecture and for like yeah. I would absolutely go to see like incredible incredible stained glass art or paintings or things like that. That's a that's a different ball game. That's It is. Yeah. 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 But Frangie's going to feel some type of way about God, I guess. I'm happy she still has it within her to have those feelings after everything she's fucking been through. Yes. Although. Although. (laughs) Unless. Unless. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. She's in the St. Chapelle with Manning and Deacon. It's very beautiful. Deacon says it's like being inside of a kaleidoscope. Um, Fringy and Deacon are both religious and Manning is not. We find out a little bit about her and that she was a short order cook back at home. She purposefully didn't tell the army that she could cook. Because apparently they make every black draftee a cook or someone who digs latrines for the white folks. And since, like, there's a lot of cooks, she's like, I didn't want to dig latrines. So I just didn't say anything. I told him I could drive. Um, so that's her backstory. Uh, Frangie looks around the church and she feels very, very close to God. And that's very great for her. We love that. But then she can't help but want to ask him why. Why did he let all this war happen? Why did he let all these atrocities happen? Um, And she used to accept anything that happened to her as the Lord's will. But now she has just like seen too many terrible things. And how can someone build such a beautiful thing as this church, but also commit so many awful crimes against humanities in the war? So she's just like having a fucking crisis over here. Um, and then the three of them get, like, pretty dark. They start talking about if they would ever shoot a German, because, you know, they're all medics. Um, and Manning says that she would shoot a German, and Frangie doesn't really know, and they're kind of like, okay, well, what if, like, you were with a patient and, like, it was, the German was threatening both you and the patient's life? And then Frangie's like, I don't know, I guess we'll have to see if it ever happens. It's already happened, though! It's already happened to her. She knows. Wait, what? It. She knows it happened to her. Wait, when? In book one, when she was treating that patient and the Nazis came in when she got captured and then had to treat all of the, uh, oh, the Nazi guys yeah. and they shot yeah. her patient. He yeah. came and threatened her 
And yeah. she knew that her patient wasn't going to make it, but she stayed yeah. behind. Yeah. This already fucking happened. She knows she wouldn't shoot a Nazi. But would she shoot a Nazi now? See, that's the that's the part we don't know. I guess yeah. true. We don't know now. But yeah. like when she said, I guess we'll have to see if I'm in that situation. I was like, you already were. <laughs> it's like foreshadowing. Like Michael Grant, he does like a foreshadow. Is Frangie? Do you remember uh, the one of the first introductory chapters with the dear dear reader uh, notes mm-hmm. where they said, "Would you believe that one of these girls shot two unarmed guards?" Blah 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 blah. Uh-huh. Do you, I wonder if it's Frangie that does that? Because mm. I don't think we've seen them shoot two unarmed guards. Because every time, like I'm thinking of Rainy specifically, is the one who yeah. I think has shot the most. Yeah. She's always they're always like grabbing their weapons or like at the gate or like something like that. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's happened yet. Okay. I wasn't sure if those were just kind of like these are things that happened off camera. It could also be things that happen like again when they come in and they're like, Oh yeah, when Rio was being interviewed and then grabbed a pistol and killed like a Nazi officer and saved a reporter and we're like, Well, hang on. Hang on, we're just gonna <laughs> I wanna see that. It? Yeah, like what the fuck? We're just gonna like mention this in passing? Oh, and somebody else like gutted somebody with a cigarette or something. I don't know. <laughs> with a cigarette. Stabbed him with a cigarette in the eyeball or some shit. There's a cigarette involved, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, I think you're... Yeah, I think that was a rainy person. I don't know. Rainy gets all the best, like, massacres. She gets some gruesome shit, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all the best wounds. Wound-inflicting actions yeah all the best the best stabbies and shooties and stuff all the best stabbies. all the best stabbies well speaking of rainy um she's being questioned by captain john or colonel sorry colonel john herkemeyer forget he's a colonel now these ranks they change on me grandma can't keep up um and he's basically trying to get her to tell him about what happened after Orador and if she's okay. And she's being just like very evasive and very professional. She's not giving him anything. He's getting really frustrated, but then he's like, you should have a permanent career in intelligence. You are the most closed mouthed person I've ever met. And she's kind of like, what do you mean? Like the war's going to be over eventually. And he's like, yeah, no, this is like, there's going to be shit after this. The war will never really end. Things have changed, you know, worldwide. We're going to need spies at some point. And she's like, ah, yes, Russia. And he's like, I did not say that, but learning a new language would be helpful. (laughs) That was a great. That was a great line or great scene. Yeah. So after that, she finally is like, okay, Listen, Orador was really bad. Of course I'm bothered by it. And oh no, I'm a woman who has emotions. And he's kind of like, you have emotions because you're a human, not because you're a woman. I also have emotions, believe it or not. What about my emotions? Um, Rainy never asked me if I'm okay. (laughs) What about me? I did nothing. I did not witness these things, but I have feelings about it. Anyway, um... And then he's like, you failed at your original mission, but you did a lot of very other helpful things to aid in the war, and you killed the Nazi bastard responsible for the massacre. 
And she's just like, no. The Nazi bastard responsible is still 500 miles away in Berlin. Oh! Dabs. I agree with your dab. I, I'm sorry. I feel like you're waiting for me to be like, yeah, get him. I, I was cheering you on. I just didn't vocally do it. I agree, though. I think, yeah, she's got a, I, yeah, Rainey's going to single-handedly win this war, I'm pretty sure. She's going to kill the Hitler man. Yeah, she's probably going to kill the Hitler man. Animorphs aren't going to do it. Nope. They're fucking not. <laughs> they had their shot, and they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they threw away their shot. They threw away their shot. So now Michael Grant had to revenge right front lines and come up with Rainy, <laughs> the anamorph that was never morph capable, but was in it to kill Hitler. <laughs> what? What is this fan fiction I'm writing? I like it. I don't know never if I changed. like it. I don't no. I don't know if I should tie these things together. I don't like the amount of power that I feel I have. I mean, listen, we've already surmised and wondered if the universes are somewhat connected. I think so, yeah. There's a Rachel. There's always a Rachel. Through the timelines, through the ages, there's always a Rachel. All right. Are you ready for him? <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. All right. All right. I was going to pre-mute now. So I don't scream <laughs> as, the whole time. As you flip tables and throw <laughs> right. books and shit. Fuck yeah. Uh, Alright, Rio's drunk. She's walking down the street drunk. Cat's drunk, asleep on a bench. Jeannot is probably drunk, fraternizing with some Polish officer somewhere. It's fine. Everyone's having a great time. Uh, the fun is ruined. Rio hears a voice behind her. Who could it be but Strand fucking Braxton? And he walks up and he kisses her and it sucks. She's like, this sucks. I hate this. Why is his mouth moving so much? <laughs> Not only is he a shitty person, he's a shitty kisser. Yeah. He's probably shitty at fucking too. Yep, definitely. She just didn't know it yet. Just didn't know it yet. She's like, oh, I guess this is great. I don't uh, know yeah. any better. I guess this is sex. It's fine. No, it's Strand Braxton. He's the worst. I mean, worst. I'm... I know that he's bad in bed because he followed it up with, well, if you were in the family way, you wouldn't have to be in the war anymore. Like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. Disgusting. Fuck. You know how to make pancakes, right? <laughs> it's a joke, except it's not. It's not a fucking joke, buddy. And yeah, they come in a jug. You put water in it. You <laughs> shake it up. <laughs> fucking definitely... anyone can make pancakes. <laughs> yeah, that in the 40s. They might have, honestly. That seems like one of those shaken things. Yeah, like that seems like one of those things that they've had forever, right? Yeah. That's like it's gimmicky. So at least in the fifties, they probably had yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. They liked a gimmick in the fifties. <laughs> who did? Who doesn't like a good gimmick? <laughs> a good cooking gimmick. <laughs> we like some Jello, Jello salads. Oh God, <laughs> and like peanut butter soup and shit. <laughs> Good God. The fucking, like, the Ritz crackers with the cheese on the ketchup. Oh. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. Yeah, these, uh, there were, there were so many food crimes. Fucking wild. Yeah. Ugh. So, Strand Braxton, she, she looks at him, she's like, what the fuck? He's wearing civilian clothing instead of his Air Force 
uniform. I don't know what that's called. I almost said fatigues, but that's not what that. Anyway, jumpsuit. He's wearing jumpsuit. I like a jumpsuit. Who doesn't? I'm sorry. I'm very space cadet right now. No, you're not. I still want to talk about this. <laughs> um, he seems really nervous, and he beckons her to join him at a cafe, and he's like twitching around and stuff. And he starts off this conversation with, you love me, don't you? Nope. Red flag. <laughs> Never good. Never good. Never a good start. Run away. Run the fuck Say away. Say no and run away. Yeah, if you're like, you love me, don't you? I'm like, what fucking crime are you about to ask me to commit? What did you do? What did you do? What favor are you going to ask of me that I don't want to do? It's like that, hey, can we talk? (laughs) (laughs) Visceral reaction to that one. I Listen, I got a, hey, I need to talk to you the other day. Immediately in the same sentence followed up with what they needed to talk about. And I still was panicking because yeah. i'm like this is gonna be horrible and you know what the question was what font did you use for xyz that was the whole question and i was like that's not a good use for that not a good use of that at all no don't do that don't do that don't do that hey we don't need to talk just ask me what font <laughs> hey what font did you use question mark yeah not, hey, I've been meaning to talk to you, or, or I want to talk to you. No. Why would you do that? Why would you do that, indeed? Who did this? Austin. God damn it, Austin. <laughs> you don't do that. Yeah, Austin. God damn it. I didn't say anything, but internally I was panicking. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then I justified my use of the font. He <laughs> was just agree. He's like, yeah, I like it a lot. It's great. That's why I want to know what it was. So I was like, Okay. So we're not in a fight. Oh, no. I'm glad it all worked out, but oh, my God. It's horrible. It's stressful. It was very stressful. Oh, no. Anyways, I'm sorry. So, hey, yeah, Never... hey, we need to talk. Hey, you love me, don't you? <laughs> you love me, don't you? It's bad. It's bad. Don't ever. Horrible time. Never not once. But my favorite part is that he says this, and she's immediately like, yes. And then she's kind of like, wait. Well, actually, no. Funny you should ask me. Yeah, mm-hmm. wait a but second. But do I? Yeah. I don't think I do, though. <laughs> loved that mm-hmm. um and then he like launches into this whole like oh like i want to marry you but i'm not actually proposing because the time isn't right fuck you yeah fuck you yep but they're gonna be together no matter what no they're not no no sir no 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 so rio at this point is like okay what the fuck is going on and he finally tells her that he is a wall, and she's kind of like, "Oh, well, that's fine. There's a wall people running all over Paris. They'll, you know, dick around for a couple days, and then they'll go back and get latrine duty when then they go back to base. At least you're not like a deserter or anything." And he's like, "Yeah, about that. Um, I'm not going back. I don't want to be in this war anymore. I want to go home with you, my schnookums." So, yeah, that's happening. And then, and then. He launches into this big spiel. He's scared because everybody he knows is dead. Everyone he knows is going to be dead. All the planes are being hit. The Air Force is just sending them out until they're all dead. And I'm just kind of sitting here like, yeah. Has, listen, I know this is radical what I'm about to suggest. Has he ever thought about 
thinking of anyone but himself. Because, like, Rio also has to do that. She doesn't even get to sit in a nice plane or go home and take a shower. shower, Have food. Not have lice. Yeah, lice is a very big issue. Trench foot, also an issue. Yep, dysentery. Dysentery. Like, all, all the big, all the big diseases probably the bubonic plague and in some level oh yeah yeah but like has has strand braxton ever thought i'm not the only one nope it's all about strand braxton no one else it must be so hard on him that he knows people that have died in this war Uh, it's like it's like he had such a cushy job and now that he's like at the point even somewhat close to a point that Rio has been he's like oh I can't cut this mm-hmm. like like it, it doesn't affect him until it affects him and then suddenly he cares right yeah <sighs> so Rio is trying to be a champ about this And she's like, well, I have also lost people, and no one wants to die. He immediately has his knee-jerk reaction of snapping at her and saying he's not a coward. And she's like, you keep using that word, I don't think you know what it means. So then she tries to- oh, go ahead. You look like you want to say something? I just wanted to scream, I'm sorry. I didn't have words. (laughs) Sorry, continue. (laughs) Uh, so she starts trying to convince him that he needs to go back and maybe he just needed a couple hours to process and clear his head. And he's like, oh, so you want me to go back and die? Yes. Kind of. <laughs> it's what we've been asking for this whole time. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Uh, she tells him that if he deserts, they're going to look for him. They're going to arrest him. And, oh, and then he says... Oh, I'll change my name. I'll be Tom or George or Jack. And she's immediately like, you are no Jack. Which I, same girl, same. same. Get that. Same reaction. Yep. You are unworthy of that name. You, you do not deserve that hair, sir. <laughs> Sorry. That's a you deep not a Indian boyfriend. in the cupboard cut for all the listeners out there. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I still have not seen that movie. Well, so there's... The the Indian in the cupboard explains the significance of the mohawk, and the kid's bully gets a mohawk. And so when the kid's bully oh. bullies him one day, he goes, you don't deserve that haircut. Gotcha. Yeah, sorry. Of course, everyone would get immediately get that Indian in the cupboard <laughs> joke. Oh, anyway, I I'm like sorry. I like it. somebody Somebody listening to this is going to be like, hey, I got that reference. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it when that happens, though. Oh, I hope somebody enjoys it. Oh, God. I do not enjoy String Braxton. Nope. Um, He's... Yeah, so she's thinking about Jack now and, like, how they're not even, like... She, you, she can't even compare the two because Jack would never do something like this. Um, And String's, like, yammering on in the background about, like, oh, it's going to be hard for her to be married to him under a different name. And she's finally just, like, that is not... The fucking point? Shut the fuck up for a second? What are we going to tell our parents? And he's like, well, at least I'll be alive to tell them. I'm making fists with my hands. Like, 
Dude, that's so not the point. Not the point. Not the point. So then Brio's like, I don't understand how you could do this. Um, I have to order people out on to, uh, to get killed all the time. None of them desert. I have to, you know, do all this shit. And he, of course, is going back to this whole, like, oh, so you do think I'm a coward. Like, just say it. Just say I'm a coward. Admit it. And then she's finally like, okay, yes, you're a fucking coward. Now get your ass back to base before this gets any worse. And this motherfucker has the audacity to be surprised that she finally admitted he's a coward and he's disappointed in her. And, and she wants him to die because she's a freak in a freak show with her silver star. And she's just sitting here like baffled by how he was so like scared and pleading. And now he's like making fun of her. And she's remembers how like all of his buddies were making fun of him before and that he he couldn't take the jokes, and now he can't take the war. And then she realizes, oh god, I am stronger than him. And finally, she stands up and she says, I'm still a woman, but I'm a better woman than you are a man. Drops the mic, walks out of there. Throughout that scene of him being like, I, you think I'm a coward. You think I'm a coward. You think I'm a coward. And she's like, all right, fine. You're a coward. And he's like, how dare you? How dare you? I was like, in my <laughs> head, I just went through like, if I was in her shoes and then now I'm picturing we're together. We have kids. We have a family, blah, blah, blah. And every fucking argument is going to be like that. Like it's going to be mm. him goading her into something and then being like, oh, no, I'm the victim though. And like, I just got so mad. Yeah. Like, that's such shitty fucking behavior. Awful. It's it's awful. Like, you can't, you can't do that. You don't, I hate that, that shit. I, I just, I hate that shit so much. And, like, I was so mad that it was happening in that moment. Yeah. Like, ugh hate this guy i hate this guy so much he's kind of the worst he's kind of the fucking worst <laughs> and like just extrapolate that over their entire relationship and it turns into like every time he gets mad he's like coming home like well you just think i'm a disappointment and a failure you married a loser how do you feel about that and then when she's like grow the fuck up he's like how could you do this to me i try so hard blah blah, blah. and like uh, i'm living that i'm living that argument right now because i've uh, been in that situation before uh -huh. we all know that guy we've all been in that relationship with somebody whether yep. it's friend or you're dating and it's it's not good. It sucks. It fucking sucks. I I can't with this this fucking loser. Cut them out of your life. Yeah. You deserve better. Deserve not so this better. shit. Not this shit at all. Uh, well, he's dead now. Huzzah. Probably. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. She left him in Paris. There's no yeah. way to know what happened next. Now he's a sad man in a cafe. Fuck him. Hopefully he chokes on a baguette. <laughs> Fucking asshole. I can't. I can't. Like, I honestly hope that, like, my real hope for Stranger... Like, if we're going to say, like, this is 
part of the reason we hate him so much is because he's like a real person. I really hope that one day he grows the fuck up and realizes that like he was the problem the whole time. Because like that can happen. People can grow sometimes. I really hope that one day he just has the realization that like I was making it all about me and I was being an, a narcissistic asshole and like just grow the fuck up, dude. Try yep. to make yourself better. Yep. That's that's the tea. Strand fucking Braxton. I'm so glad they broke <laughs> up, though. I assume this is a breakup. Seems like a it's, breakup. I mean, I could see him later being like, Oh, Rio, I'm so sorry. I was just cranky before a mission or some other bullshit. And please take me back. Oh, I miss but she's you. not Nobody taking will... back. Oh, God, no. Oh. Hope she shoots him in the fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if she gives him that million dollar leg wound and sends him on his way. I don't care. As long as he, like, fucks off. Yeah. Just. Just. You can't. Just can't. It's over. Oh, yeah, it's over. Ugh. Ugh. Well, that happened. We are going to part four. Which is the Hertgen Forest in Nazi Germany. Scary trees. Um, and we're getting another new perspective, but Michael Grant can't pull a fast one on me. Not this time. This We've trusted you time. once with this, Michael Grant. Now we know your tricks. Yeah, Michael Grant. Um, this is a young man named Joe Pastor. Um, he's bouncing around in the back of the truck with a bunch of other people. Um, apparently he's very good at observing things. He's very perceptive about other things and people and such. He's good at watching, but he's not good enough to know what the fuck is going on or what the fuck is about to happen. So I don't even know why that detail was in there, but whatever. So eventually the truck drives and stops next to a female corporal who's just kind of hanging out and the driver calls his name and tells him to get the fuck off the Jeep. And the woman introduces herself as Castaigne. We know her. We know her. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, I adored her, her fucking personality throughout this chapter. Oh Same. my god, it was so good. Um, so she's like, hey, what's up? I'm Castane. And before she can say much more, there's the scream of artillery nearby, and Joe dives into a ditch, and Jeanneau just kind of looks at him like, dude, that's ours, and it's like a mile away. Don't worry about it. Um... And she says, like, eventually he'll learn to tell the difference, and they're just giving Fritz a little wake-up call. And Joe's like, what's Fritz? And she looks at him like he is the dumbest person alive, and she's like, you know, the Germans, the assholes that keep shooting at us for some reason? Fucking love it. I love that, love that. so much. <laughs> no, t no time, no patience. None. Oh, God. And then, apparently she's decided this guy's a moron. She takes his tobacco rations <laughs> like a schoolyard bully picking on a younger kid, which I loved. That is that is amazing. <laughs> she is a schoolyard bully. <laughs> she's like, had it with this. Give me your fucking tobacco. She did ask for it. She's like, do you smoke? No. Give me your cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <sighs> God. Um. Da -da -da -da. Oh yeah, and then she tells him he's hanging his grenades wrong. He should not hang them by the pins, or he's going to blow both oh. of them up, and she will resent it. And then she laughs at her own. I will resent it. <laughs> I like. I, 
Isn't that something they should check? Like, before now? Like, at basic, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that should have been checked before, but, you know, that's telling me all those idiots have just been in a truck with their grenades rattling around by the pins they're they're all idiot children who don't know how to do i mean war yeah yeah that's true yep so it's it's it could be better but he doesn't blow anyone up luckily thank god um so yeah they go through the woods um, she's walking with the ease and grace of a gymnast, and he is not. And while they're walking, she's just kind of, like, overloading him with useful information about how to survive. Um, and she says they're headed towards Rio Ricklin's squad, and Rio and Stick and Captain uh, Passy. Is it Passy? Yep, Passy. Um, yeah, and they're all really cool people. And Lieutenant Horn is, well, you know... <laughs> Um, and the mission is they'll be accompanying some tanks into the woods to blow up the Germans, and he should try not to get run over. Also, the tank will probably blow up and everything will go to shit. Um, and he's, like, getting overwhelmed with all this information, and he's like, um, I would like to go puke now. And she's like, oh yeah, go ahead. And then she launches into this whole thing of, like, they say soldiers should have a big breakfast before a battle, but the pessimist says have an empty stomach, because... Once you get shot with bullets, you don't want all of that stuff, like, bubbling up through the bullet holes. You know, cheery shit. We love it. Um, And then she starts telling him he should stay close to the German line to avoid the worst of the shelling. And then he's like, but but won't the Germans shoot at us? And she kind of looks at him with this wide-eyed expression and she goes, why, yes, they will shoot at you. And guess what? Our job is to kill them before they kill us. But don't tell anyone. That's a secret that comes directly from Ike and Patton. And she's fucking, I love this. I love this so much. She was just (sighs) so much sass. So much sass the whole time. So fucking sassy. So good. Great. Demoralizing. I love it. Um, So they finally reach a line of foxholes and there's just like little helmeted people sticking out from the ground. Uh, She introduces Joe to Rio and Rio's like, Cool, I don't care, and and go hang out with Pang. So Joe drops into Pang's foxhole, and Pang's like, Hey, what's up? Welcome to World War II. Yes, I am part Japanese. If you have a problem with that, go dig your own hole. Anyway, we're going to jump off pretty soon, which basically means we're going to go out of these holes and get shot at. I love Pang. Pang was... Everyone was so <laughs> sassy towards this guy, and I fucking loved it. And he's just like, what is everyone's problem? Yeah. He's like, why are they all so mean? <laughs> Big mean kids. Everyone's bullying um, me. <laughs> and then and then Gear shows up. He drops into the hole with them. And then he and Peg start betting about when Joe is going to die. Like, right in front of him. And he's like, what the fuck yep. is going on? What did you think of the rapport between Gear and Peg, though? It's nothing I didn't already kind of predict was going to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, like they were enemies at the beginning. Enemies and, to lovers. Yeah. <laughs> now, now they're besties. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw that coming. It's fair. Yeah. I still liked uh, it. You liked it? I still liked it. Like, I don't know. I still, I, I, even when it's obvious and even when it's like, I don't know, tropey, I guess, I really, 
like it when it's like, oh, here's this dude who has shitty opinions mm-hmm. that are being changed. And like, yeah, there's, I don't like this part of it, but I like that the growth is slow enough that he still has that edge of like the toxic ideas or whatever. But you yeah. can tell that like this guy, like Pang means a lot to him. And Pang, who's like, you know, being judged and ostracized and all that stuff is like, yeah, but I trust this guy. I might not like him. I might not like what he does, but like, you know, we have each other's backs. I don't know. I just, I like that. Yeah. It's not, it's not that I don't like it at all. Like I like it a lot and it's like very believable Mm -hmm. for what it is. And like, you know, everything I hear about the wars is that they like, bring people together in a weird way like even if this is not someone you would ever hang out with in your everyday life like the fact that you're like out there fighting together saving each other's lives all the time like that's gonna draw you together in like a weird way so i still don't like gear but i don't i don't like gear as a person i would probably never like gear as a person but Mm -hmm. i i love the changes in everybody's relationships and especially gear because he was such a friction point at first (laughs) i wanted to say something else but i'll save it for when it happens for for at the end of this chapter (laughs) oh no oh no oh no sorry uh kind of checking their shit, you know, drinking from their canteens and, like, you know, putting their guns in order. And Joe's kind of, like, watching them, like, oh, should I also do this? And suddenly they're just, like, out of the foxhole and running. Um, Gear's carrying the BAR. Is it BAR or BAR? I don't I know. I say BAR. But it is okay. all capitalized, so it probably is BAR. But... It, the big gun. It's, like, AT-AT versus AT-AT. You will never at, convince at. me that it's not an AT-AT walker, okay? I don't care it what is. anyone says. It's not an AT-AT walker. AT-AT. AT-AT. Yep. The big gun. <laughs> That's what it the, stands with for. The thingy in it. Big-ass yeah. rifle. Big-ass rifle. I like that. <laughs> um, and I, I really like this moment. It's kind of a throwaway moment. But, like, so he's carrying the VAR. And then he asks Pang to scratch his back for him. Because he has lice. And I was like, he's literally scratching his back. Literally. Literally. Michael Grant literally did that. Literally did that. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. So yeah, that happened. I love that was adorable. <laughs> the way that you you just did this gesture, like, yeah, that happened. Like, I don't know, it's just an adorable gesture. <laughs> Sorry. I watch um I watch Tatiana's videos um with the girl with the good laugh mm-hmm. from from Oh, I remember company. that laugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does that a lot in her videos. <laughs> I was feeding off of it. Excellent. I love it. Oh. Oh, it's great. Yeah, so Joe between his sergeant being a woman, his fellow soldier being Japanese, he sees a black person manning one of the tanks. Joe can't fucking believe any of this. He can't believe that there's, like, tanks and guns and shells and everyone's screaming and there's, like, wood shrapnel flying everywhere. And he's trying to keep up with Pang and Gear and he sees a Red Cross Jeep drive by with our very favorite medic on board. And he notices that the medics look very, very calm and he's like, oh, okay, like, we must be all right then. Then he gets fucking shot in the shoulder. And Pang kind of goes like, oh, shit, you're shot. Get down. Like, get to cover. 
And then Joe gets, just takes two more in the chest. Um, and Gear calls for a medic, but they don't stop moving. They just they just keep going. Yeah. And Joe's like lying on the ground watching everybody walk away from him. And his mind and his body are shutting down. And he starts to feel like removed from his own skin. And then he sees the face of a black woman over him. And it's the medic from earlier. Wonder who that could be. Um, and she's kind of talking to him and pressing a needle into his elbow. And Deacon asks for his blood pressure. And Frangie only spares a quick glance at the blood pressure cuff before she stands up and says, tag him. Mm-hmm. You can't fool me, Michael Grant. Yep. We knew that that sucker wasn't long for this world. I wasn't sure what they were doing with the plasma, because all Frangie said was pump it. I couldn't tell if they were pumping it into him or out of him. Huh. Because, like, it makes sense that they would pump it into him because they're trying to, like, save him. But also, like, what if they're at the point where they're like, oh, I know this guy's gonna die. Like, we need his fucking plasma or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's where my dark mind went. Can you take it that fast, though? I thought it was a really slow process. I have no idea. <laughs> hmm. I figured they were giving it, but that could be because in my mind, it's a really slow, slow okay. thing to draw out plasma. But I don't know. I don't know that for a fact. Dr. Maria, Dr. hit us Maria. up. Maria. Hit us up. We don't know about plasma. We know nothing about plasma. Alex knows more about plasma than me. Barely. Ooh, I just dropped water in my lap. Well, Didn't feel good. That's where it goes, right? That's where it'll eventually end. Cool you off. That's a hot one. Out yeah, there. I was just gonna say it's a scorcher <laughs> out there. What is wrong with us? At least it's a dry heat. Oh no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> oh, oh god. Okay, god damn it. All right, Frangie. Um, it's later. She's helping a soldier. He's got various size wooden splinters sticking out of various parts of his body, including his fucking eyeball. Um, so gross that detail I forgot about that detail until you just said it right now and I remember reading it and going ugh yeah it's it's grody My, Michael Grant loves some gore um, what I thought was a really cool descriptor was it's dark around them probably because it's nighttime and also because like it's a really dense forest and there's just like explosions going off and like lighting different things in the forest so you're seeing like people like like screaming and like like falling and each each strobe of this light illuminates a different horror around them, and I thought that was really fucking that cool. That is very fucking cool. Um, and then we find out the Germans are purposefully using their 88s to shoot the trees around them to create a shrapnel spray. And, like, later on the chapter, it's mentioned that they're, like, shooting the tops of the trees mm-hmm. that are going to send these, like, wooden spears down to get the people in the foxholes. Like, it is, like, very strategic. Um, and not good. Not good at all. Um, and it's also autumn, and everyone is, like, drenched and wet and covered in mud and lice, and Fringy is no exception. She scratches her head so hard that she bleeds and her hair is starting to fall out, and she hasn't eaten anything in weeks. Well, I mean, anything decent. Um, and she's, like, daydreaming about real food, and she should be tending to her patient, but, like, quite frankly, this guy's a goner, so. That's the point she's at, mentally. Yeah, we're we're starting, we, ke- we kept saying, at least I kept saying that, I really mm-hmm. was waiting for Frangie to start to break, and it's clear, she's yep. there, she doesn't hurt, she's starting to care less. Yep. 
it's it's just it's just a job. It's just a process now. Mm-hmm. Like like oh this this person's dead. I can't care about this. I got to go on to the next yep. one. Just to Oy. prioritize. Oy. So and at this point in the war, D Day's over. Um, the slog through the countryside was bad, but the advance to Paris and the drive out to the German border had been a lot better. And people are starting to feel optimistic, and they're starting to you know take bets on when the war is going to be over. And it's like, oh, it'll be over by Christmas or whatever. But Frangi like really can't see that with this shit going on around her. Um, so she basically sends the other guy to death on a morphine cloud, and she goes to the next guy, and he hasn't been hit anywhere, but he's, like, breaking down. He can't do it anymore. He shit himself. He's crying, and he just, like, he can't do it anymore. And she's trying to soothe him and coax him back into action, and instead he lunges for his gun, and Deacon is like, no, 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 dude, you can't do that. You're gonna go to trial. You're gonna go to military prison, and the guy is just, like, grinning wildly and being like, that sounds fucking good to me. And he like points the gun at his foot and Frangie grabs the barrel, but not to wrestle it away from him so that he can shoot the side of his foot, which instead of the top of the bone, which would permanently cripple him. And then she just like grabs Deacon and they just walk away for a little bit. They hear the gunshot. They hear the guy cry. And then Deacon's like, all right, I got it. You go take some, take a break, take, get some rest. And like, that was just crazy to me. Yeah. Like, Frangie is all, you know, earlier she was like, you know, I would never, like, purposefully do harm to somebody. And now she's, like, perfectly willing to be like, yeah, I'm just gonna have <laughs> deniability over here. I mean, in a way, though, like, I, she, yeah, like, she was saying she would never cause harm, she would never do that. But, like, yeah. she knows that they are just getting ground up and killed. Mm-hmm. So, like, in her mind, she may have just spared his life. Like, she may yep. have saved somebody, and it's, yep. like, doing the lesser amount of harm. I mean, yep. it's just the perceptions have changed so much. It's so crazy to be at this point in the war and to just have everybody, like, it feels like everyone's just kind of given up. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just on automatic right now, and they're just kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to try and, like, convince you to go back into fighting because there's like no fucking point you're gonna die so like here here's here's a better out right right it's it's not great it's very very impressive atmosphere not good it gets worse oh Uh, always so she's walking through the forest and she runs across a gi named morton who is bleeding from a neck wound and frangie knows she's not going to survive but, you know, Frenchie's talking to her and giving her a cigarette and telling her, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get battalion aid over here when Manning comes back with the Jeep. We'll get you out of here. And Morton's just sitting here, like, with a dead expression, being like, yeah, sure. Okay, Doc. That's cool. And Frenchie knows that she knows that she's going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so Frenchie just gives her some morphine and says, yep, we're, we're going to get you out of here in a couple minutes. And she knows it's a lie. And she kind of thinks a lie is sort of like medicine um it's like a little gift of hope for the soldiers but she also feels like every time she has to lie she feels part of herself kind of wither away and die it's fucking heavy i hate it so heavy (laughs) um she hears a shriek of incoming incoming artillery and she dives into the nearest foxhole with deacon 
<laughs> There's two people in the hole, siblings named Jesse and James. <laughs> Team Rocket is here. Team Rocket everyone. is here. I did cackle when I read that. I did. <laughs> Prepare for trouble and make it We're double. double. <laughs> I like, I needed, I needed that. Yeah. I needed that to get me out of this hell place. I like, I have to imagine though that like Michael Grant was like actually referencing Jesse James and yeah. not Pokemon, which kind of makes <laughs> it even better. Like, but I think Jesse and James from Pokemon also yeah. reference Oh, Jesse yeah, yeah, James. they do. Yeah, they yeah. do. That was the Americanized like version. Yeah, because yeah. there's also Cassidy and Butch, Butch Cassidy. Yep. Sundance oh Kid, of course. Yes. So not a Team Rocket, but whatever. Yeah, it totally, totally. And it was hilarious because I was like, Michael Grant, you don't, <laughs> you don't know the joke you just did. You just made our little hearts so happy. You just made a Pokemon goof. <laughs> wait, that's the second Pokemon goof. In a, in a because, Grant thing. Oh, wait, shit. He totally knows about Pokemon because Axe was, was Swift, like... Yep. Like a oh, shit. man. Oh my god. <laughs> How could I have forgotten? Oh no. He knows. He, he knows. He knows about the Pokemon. Aren't his I, kids like our age too? Yeah, his well they're a little bit uh younger than us because yeah. they were born while they were writing Animorphs, so that like nineteen ninety okay, like, so like a ten years. So they would know about Pokemon. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Jesse and James are here. It's great. Jesse and James are here. So the four of them are just like squeezed into this hole, and Frangie's like almost falling asleep because she's just perpetually like exhausted, and she's only been able to sleep in like snatches of an hour here and there. She can sleep standing up now, and she's just like, "Well, there's like a barrage of crap above me, but I'm just gonna take a nap right here. <laughs> I take a nap right here. I take a nap right here." <laughs> um. The barrage finally ends, but the Germans have developed yet another horrible strategy of pausing just long enough for the Americans to think it's safe, and then when they all come out of the holes, they get bombed. Um, so a lieutenant is yelling for everyone to stay in the holes, but Frangie knows that doesn't apply to medics, so she climbs out and yells if anybody needs help, and somebody replies that he's pissed himself. Does that count? Um, so she's like, eh, fuck that guy, and climbs back in the hole, and she's starting to talk to James about his recovery from Trenchfoot, but then someone screams for a medic again, and she climbs out and rushes over. It turns out a corporal in another hole is screaming because he burned hot coffee on his leg. And she fucking lets this guy have it. She's like, what the fuck is the matter with you? You make me run over here. You can't even hold your coffee. What the fuck is wrong with you? Which, like, good for her. Yeah, good for her. Jesus fucking Christ. What a douche. What a fucking douche. Um... So, uh, days are passing in the holes. Everyone's fucking miserable. Frangie and Deacon are just, like, rotating around, helping people, transporting soldiers in the jeep, um, nagging everybody to change their socks so they don't get trench foot. Um, apparently, some guy went a little nuts and streaked naked down the hill, waving a white t-shirt in surrender, and the Germans laughed at him, and they had to tackle him, and it was a whole thing. Um, but yeah. Apart from that, the troops are kind of just hanging out. The advance is not really advancing, and they're just having, like, a weird standoff with the Germans. Um, at some point, Manning shows up with cigarettes and chocolate and gossip she overheard that they are planning an attack. Hooray! 
Um, and they share the chocolate, and it feels like a consolation pl- prize for this fucking shitty war. But I- I'd fuck up some chocolate right now. I mean, yeah, I would too, but like, I don't, I don't think it like makes the <laughs> war okay. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so the plan is to dig out the tanks and attack the German line, and and Franger has to treat a couple of minor injuries from everybody digging out the tanks in that process and a spotter plane is going by to aid with the accuracy in the attack and finally the tanks start moving out into the fire break and just like start laying waste to the opposite tree line and after the barrage is over Frangie hears the Germans crying out for their own medics and the captain walks by her jeep and he's yelling into a radio that the Germans are vulnerable they need to go now they need to jump off right now the order doesn't come. The minutes tick by and then it turns into hours and the Germans have ample time to recover from this attack. And like hours later, the signal finally comes and the um, the tanks start moving forward and the foot soldiers are walking with them, kind of using the tanks as a shield. And the Germans just start like taking these tanks out. They're like shooting them in the, in the treads and the tank veers out of control and nearly, nearly crushes all the soldiers. Um, another one like gets blown up point blank. Um, and the medic team is going after this tank and um, the tank is like on fire inside and like all of the rounds that are inside the tank are just like popping off. It's like popcorn. Um, and they stop for this guy whose entire lo- lower body is just like smoking meat um, and this guy is not doing well. He's gasping, he can't speak, and he's trying to get something out of the breast pocket of his jacket. Deacon pulls out what the man is after, which is a photograph of the guy's two daughters. Um, and Frangie's trying to tend to this guy, and she hears Manning cry out behind her and sees blood pouring from the side of her neck. And Deacon's trying to help her as Frangie's giving the guy morphine. And luckily Manning's okay, um, they just took a chunk of her earlobe. But the machine guns are starting to shoot at the jeep, like, through the doors and out the other side. And something snaps inside of Frangie. She jumps to her feet, goes around the side of the jeep, face-to-face with the Germans in the forest, and starts screaming, Do you motherfuckers see this red cross on my helmet? Do you see me with a gun? Do you see a gun on my jeep? Do you want me to start shooting your fucking medics? And she turns around, walks away, expecting to be shot down. But the battle rages on, and her jeep is not shot again. Holy shit. Frangie. Frangie. <laughs> Holy shit, it's Frangie. So oh fucking God. cool. The beginning of this book, she was so proud of herself for telling Sergeant Moore to fuck off. Mm-hmm. Because she did, just didn't want to be in that conversation anymore. It went from that to yelling at presumably a white corporal, or a colonel or whatever the fuck, for spilling coffee on his leg. Yelling at the fucking Germans not to yeah. shoot her fucking tank. <laughs> yep. It's masterful. So good. She is amazing. Holy shit. That, oh. That's probably my favorite Frangie moment. So oh, yeah, far. by far. Like, by far. Holy like, shit. so, yeah, you're right. So far. Because I'm sure there's going to be more. But, like, absolutely, that was my favorite Frangie moment. Holy shit. She's amazing. Oh, my God. I cannot imagine. <laughs> So good. So Love good. Love that. Love that. Oh, so fucking good. I just adored it. 
I love the threat. Like, I'll fucking shoot your medics. Like, stop it. <laughs> like, that's a wild threat coming from her. I love it. Because, like, they kept saying, like, oh, there's kind of, like, a truce. Like, we don't yes. shoot their medics. They don't shoot our medics. Like, this is, this is like, neutral territory. And then she just had to fucking remind them of that. Right. Well, it's like how, like, bombing a hospital is a war crime. You don't bomb yeah. hospital. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that was amazing. We love that. Love that for Frangie. All right. Now we're back with Brio. She's talking to Gear about the new guy. They don't even remember his name. He's fucking dead. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> the more important matter is that Gear has blood all over the backside of his uniform. And he is insisting he did not get shot in the ass. And <laughs> Rio is definitely like, no, you should, you should go get some medical attention at the rear. And he's like, oh, you're a fucking comedian. I love this whole exchange. It was great. So good. Um, Rio reflects on the fact that she really doesn't like Gear, but he is reliable and he fights. And this is where she mentions that he and Pang have kind of grown to be partners in crime. They've grown very close, even though they like hurl insults at each other still. Um, it's cute, I guess. It's cute. I, I just like that Pang would throw insults back like that was yeah, the yeah. development there I is do, that pang was saying it yeah i do like that because at the very beginning he was kind of just like taking all this bullshit and now he's like dishing it back i love that oh it's so good and like the, i think the first time he dished it back gear was kind of like all right yeah cool. he was like i res i respect it <laughs> respect your insults i guess yeah i hear what you're saying i am receiving it and respecting it <laughs> oh I appreciate the feedback. <laughs> anyway. Um, so while the tanks have gone ahead, Rio's squad's just kind of chilling and recovering and sleeping, and they're expecting a counterattack at any moment. Um, when the counterattack comes, it's not really a big deal. Um, one of the new recruits gets a bullet through the shoulder, and he gets to go home, and it's good for fucking him. Rio's mad about this because that means she's three short of a full squad. She's going to get more fucking babies coming into her thing, which she doesn't need. Um, so she occupies her time by checking everybody for trench foot. Um, and she yells at everybody uh, for changing their socks and having wet feet. None of the veterans have this problem because they all know what the fuck they're doing. They're having a great time dicking around. Then Lieutenant Horn shows up with Stick and, from the look on his face, knows that bad news is on the horizon. Um, Horn starts to explain that they need to send people to do recon. There's a road that the tanks want to use, but the Germans have been very active over there. And Cat tries to tell him that the they've probably blocked the road with trees and mined the woods on either side. And Horn is just like a sexist dick to her. I fucking hate this guy. I hate this um, guy so fucking much. He's the worst, and he's actually, like, in charge of things, which is terrible. So Horn says they are to pursue down this road until they encounter resistance, and then radio back and hold position. Um, so basically, they're going to go into the woods, which are probably mined, in the dark. And Horn is not going to be part of this. He's going to be back at HQ, um, nowhere near the action and safe from harm, because he's a piece of shit. Um... So they sent, They have 29 people that they send on this doomed mission. Um, the first mile or so of this path has been checked by engineers, but after a certain point, they're just on their own. So what they do is they set up this contraption that's this heavy bag filled with rocks and dirt. It's attached to a chain, and they basically throw this bag out in front of the line, 
which will set off any mines, and then they'll just, like, walk the rest of the way. So they, like, throw the bag, walk 15 feet, and, like, rinse and repeat the process. Um, Jack starts to joke about their speedy progress, but then the bag blows up, and he's like, yeah, never mind, I take that back. Um, and Rio knows they might get in trouble for this. They are technically carrying out orders, but at a slow enough pace that they might not reach their objective in time. And at some point, Stick comes up from the back and he's like, yeah, Horn isn't having this. We're not making enough progress. And Kat's like, dude, the woods are mined. What are we supposed to do? We just set one off. And Stick's like, yeah, well, you know what, Kat? I don't like this either. This is fucking stupid, but we got to get moving. So they reach this compromise. There's going to be a GI who walks ahead and drags the rope behind them. And they will do this in like 10 minute shifts. Um... Rio knows it's a really shitty thing to ask of the soldiers, so she does first point, and she does 15 minutes to kind of set a good example for everything. Um, Kat does a second... <laughs> Fuck that. Sorry, <laughs> I just got really mad about all that. It's pretty fucking stupid. It's so fucking stupid. Horn is a fucking idiot. I fucking hate this guy. Yep. He's the worst. Takes a second shift. She sets something off, but she just gets a little cut on her leg. It's all fine. Um, and then eventually they have to switch to the, the green soldiers cause they risked enough good soldiers. Um, and the privates are refusing to go cause they're like, I'm not, I'm not fucking getting blown up. And Kat is like gesturing to stick like, Oh, sorry. Do you want us to shoot them for insubordination? And Rio is kind of like, okay, let's just cut East across the German lines. Cause there's going to be fewer mines over there. And this is, like, partially true, partially an exaggeration. It's mostly a strategy to get everybody to move. Um, so they have everybody check their shit to make sure none of it makes noise. Um, I forgot what it was called that they said. Oh, yeah. There was, like, a term from uh, submarine yeah. commands. Nice. Like, forward at... at mm. Why didn't I write this down? Dan, Dan's probably screaming at us right now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that happens. Um, and yeah, they're all sneaking around through the dark, super sneaks, and they make it across the, uh, the German line. Rio takes point again. And at this point she can smell, it's, the book says like tobacco and like pickled cabbage or some shit, like sauerkraut. I don't know why they're eating sauerkraut. Maybe that was like German ration. I don't know. Um, but anyway, she smells evidence of Germans nearby um, Jack is the next one behind her, so she just, like, grabs him and they go off to do their own little recon mission. Um, and she thinks about it. she didn't really want to bring Jack, but she can't show favoritism. And she also wishes she had, like, a different gun, and she wished out she swapped her, um, grenades for explosive ones instead of smoke ones. And she's thinking about, like, I still make mistakes. How am I expected to lead other people? This is crazy. Um, at some point they come across a couple Germans just, like, dicking around in the woods, um, and they sneak over there, and she says to Jack that she's gonna get closer, and he's like, I'm gonna come with you, she's like, no, you're not, you're gonna stay here, and she can tell by the look on his face that he's not gonna listen to her. Um, she sneaks closer, and, uh, sure enough, Jack does follow her, and is able to translate that they're doing a latrine run, um, and she's pissed that he disobeyed her, but she gets it. I think this was just, like, to show, like, how 
good Jack is versus fucking oh, strained Braxton. A thousand percent. Like how much Jack has her back without like overly stating it. Oh, for sure. For show. Oh, I have feelings about it. I have so many feelings about it. Oh. Uh, so they, uh, they get out of there and they run back to the squad and inform them they are through the German front line. Um, but basically there's like, a, there's a thin line here and a heavy duty line further back. So they're actually between two German front lines. Um, they keep moving and eventually they find the road and two of the engineers implication that is that they're dead. Yeah. It didn't sound like the mission had gone well for them. Yeah. Like, cause they were like, oh shit, it looks like they were ambushed. This yep. is fucked. We should get out of here. They're like, just and as we suspected a crime. <laughs> they're like oh shit they're ambushed and then they are ambushed and machine gun fire erupts around them uh jenny dial is cut down by some fire uh people are panicking and others are shooting but they can't see anything because it's dark and Rio's trying to get her shit together um and on top of all this it's hailing hooray thanks for the nature um <laughs> And Stick is like, yeah, okay, actually, fuck this. Um, we're going to pull back. Alpha Squad, go first. Everybody else, cover fire. And then a second later, he radios Horn, and then he's like, oh, fuck me. God damn it. Horn said to stay put. And Sergeant Mercer yells that Horn can go fuck himself, which, like, fair. Yeah. Um, and then Rio hears a shell explode nearby. And then a voice she doesn't recognize says, Ricklin, you're in charge. And she knows something is very wrong. Um, and she asks if Stick is hurt. And then the guy says, no, not hurt. And Rio realizes that he's dead. And she thinks like, oh God, not Stick. Not Stick anybody but Stick. Um, and she's just like paralyzed at this point. And Kat's like, okay, what are we doing? Like, talk to us. Um, and she finally says, Stick said to pull out. So we're pulling out. Um, and then, oh no, Gear cries for a medic because Pang is hit. Um, and he stops firing the big-ass rifle to attend to his friend. Um, and there's no medic on this patrol, because that would have been a fucking good idea. Horn, you piece of shit. And Rio has to give the order to Mercer to leave the wounded and keep pulling out. Um, but the Germans start firing off to their right, which is their path to escape, so they're cut off. Rio yells at Gear to shoot them, but he's too preoccupied with Pang. And she's like, well, I guess I gotta do it myself. And Kat's like, I'm gonna go with you, because if we don't kill them, we're all gonna die within ten minutes. Um, so... Rio's kind of like, Gear, you gotta get everyone out. Like, I know Pang's down, but you can't carry him. But then she also knows he's probably not gonna listen to her, because rank doesn't mean anything right now. Everything's fucking chaos. Um, so she and Kat go and start shooting the Germans, and the remainder of the platoon is able to squeeze out. Kat gets hit in the leg, and Rio knows she should abandon her, but she doesn't. Instead, she pulls her along on her back, and Kat is just, like, firing her gun from a lying position, because they're fucking badasses, and I love them. I did love that part so much. And, God. like, I love the narrative of, like, I have to break my own orders. Fuck. But, like, of course I'm going to break my own orders. And that's like, and Kat <laughs> was just firing along anyway. So I, it's all good. It's so good. I loved it. Shit. And luckily they're able to get the Germans on the right to withdraw. And there's a hundred yard gap they have to cross. 
and there's German machine gun fire on them, and Brio's like, hey, shit, Cat, I think we have to surrender. And then Gear finally shows up with the BAR, and Jack is, like, feeding it for him, and there's just a spray of bullets, the German machine gun goes silent, and they make a break for it. <sighs> so that they are back at camp, and Horn is screaming at Rio for disobeying him, and she lies to his face and says that the last thing she heard was Stick telling them to pull out, and she's counting on everybody there not to rat her out. <laughs> And Horn is like, you're incompetent. If you weren't a woman, I'd have you court-martialed. You're a fucking coward. And she just, like, glares at this guy. And she's like, you were not there. We lost half our squad. And if we didn't come back, you would be explaining to your captain and the colonel that you happened to not be there while your pl- their platoon was wiped out. And he's, like, thinking to himself for a minute. And Brio knows that he is angry. He is a coward. But he is not stupid. She saved his career by returning with anyone. So he kind of like lets that go and then says that they're moving out. And she's like, wait, right now we just got our asses kicked. And he's like, I don't care. Round up everybody you can, even cooks, typists. We are headed northwest. There's some German activity over there. Um, and she's like, yeah, but we lost stick and my people are beat. And he's like, yep, well, too fucking bad. You are stick now. Get your squad moving. And she's walking away furious. She's wondering how on earth she's supposed to take over for stick as as platoon sergeant. How is she supposed to work for that asshole? Cat's out of the war now with her injury. Mercer's having a mental breakdown. And Gear is mourning the loss of Pang, who he carried back all of those long miles. I hate that Pang is dead. I hate it. I hate that Pang is dead so much. I'm so upset. I'm so angry about it. Yeah. I'm so mad about it. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Like it's it's horrifying. You can't do this, Michael Grant. I know it's a war and I know that people die, but like fuck, man. Not pang. Not pang. And not stick. Right? Oh, Ah. stick too. God. It really like it really did drive home, though, just how pinned down they were. Like, I feel like if we had have kept losing, like, the new recruits or, like, you know, mm-hmm. the people that, like, we didn't really know as well, it, yeah. we would have known it was bad. But, like, the fact that we lost such senior and seasoned people, it, like, it really showed you just what a fuck situation Horn threw them into and wouldn't let them retreat from. I hate him so much. Absolute fucking worse. He was, ugh. and it's it's really it's made clear that Horn is the one doing this. Like Horn keeps volunteering them for the shittiest fucking positions that everybody else is going. No way, I'm not putting my platoon in there. And right. Horn keeps going. Oh, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. Right, because he fucking lost his shit at D Day, and now he's trying to redeem himself. Yep, at the cost of everyone. I spineless coward, piece of shit. Yep. Awful. The worst kind of people that just are climbing the ranks for power and don't give a shit about who dies underneath. Like, doesn't care about their people at all. Yep. I hate that. I hate that so much. (sighs) I hope Rio punches him with her gun in the nuts. 
<laughs> so, Pang is no longer with us, which sucks. I hate it. Um, and Gear is with him, and she she walks up to him, and he's like, "Hey, can you get Pang's address? I would like to write to his family." And she's like, "Well, that's not really your job. Like, you know, the graves registration will do it." And he's like, "No, no, no, I want to do it." She's like, yeah, I'll get the address for you. Um, and then she's like, also, I'm Platoon Sergeant, um, so the squad's yours. And he kind of looks at her like, yeah, you'll do just fine. Which is like almost a compliment from him, and she mm-hmm. doesn't know how to deal with that. Um, and he's like, who should I pick for my assistant squad leader? Do you think people would follow a limey? And she's like, you mean Jack? Yes, that's who I would pick. Um, and then he's like, don't worry, I'll try to keep your backup boyfriend alive. And she tells him to fuck off. As she should. <laughs> because it's her main boyfriend now. We're done with Strand Braxton. Yeah. Kiss, kissing Jack on the face. Kissing Do the it. Face. Do it. We're and done with Strand. <sighs> Never should have started with Strand. I hate that fucking guy. I hate that fucking guy. Ugh. So then this dude from Graves Registration shows up and he's like got a nice little uniform and he's got nice little glasses and he's making a disparaging comment against Pang and Gear like grabs Pang's rifle and shoves it into the guy's arms. He's like, welcome to my party, little bitch. You work for me now. Yep. <laughs> I, 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 I hate that Gear's kind of growing on me. I hate it. Like, I don't like him. He's horrible, <laughs> but like... I'm enjoying these scenes that he's in. I'm enjoying his actions as well. Like, <laughs> like what better revenge for Pang than like, <laughs> oh, this guy talks shit about him? Guess what? Welcome to the fucking war, motherfucker. <laughs> you thought you were going to do this cushy job? That was fucking funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. So they're waiting for the trucks to show up. The trucks are fucking late. Uh, Rio has to pick somebody for... Uh, cat's replacement, and she picks some random person named Dubois. Dubois. Oh, yeah. See, I would have said Dubois, but they they gave the pronunciation of the book, and it's Dubois is what they said. Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. Iowa. Dubois. Yeah. So that's some person. Um, she's okay. Uh, she checks on Mercer, who has pulled himself together somewhat. His squad is kind of looking at him side eyed, though. She grabs his squad leader. Or his assistant squad leader, who is a woman named Pettifer. And she's like, okay, um, is he all right? And she's like, or Pettifer is like, I don't know. I don't, I couldn't tell you. And Rio's like, all right, well, if he goes nuts, you're going to take charge and don't fucking argue with me. <sighs> so the trucks show up three hours later. Uh, the trucks have clearly been through some kind of shit. They are all fucked up and the drivers are falling asleep. Um... And Rio's looking around at all these people she doesn't know. How is she supposed to leave these people? Some general fucked up, and now her platoon has to go pay for their mistakes. Um, so she catches some number of hours of sleep. When she wakes up, they're still in the forest, but there's lots of traffic on the road. There's a column of injured GIs going the opposite way of them, along with a bunch of refugees. Not a good sign. Not a good Holy sign shit. at all. Probably one of the worst signs in this situation. Yeah, you're about to... Something's about to happen that's about bad. About to eat it. About to beef it. Gonna beef it hard. Um, so eventually they reach this town, which I was having a hard time picturing this, so help me out here. So there's 
it's ruled by these three buildings. There's an abbey at the top, there's a church on a lower slope, there's a castle on a lower slope still, and then there's the town below that. The, the abbey is sandwiched between this heavily forested steep ravine. So I guess it's like a like a V. Yeah. And the abbey's in the middle. I think or so. Or like I I don't know. No, I think you're right. It's like a V and like the abbey's in the middle and like it's just kind of like a like a Y shape almost kind of. Uh-huh. That's what yeah. I was picturing, but you know. I don't even know, but they got to climb a steep hill. Mhm. Which they don't they don't want to do that. No. Um they stop at a town square and she notices there are only four trucks. And she's like, hey, Lieutenant Horn, why are there only four trucks? And he's like, well, because that's all there is. This is what's doing. Um, and she gets her orders. The tanks at the top of the slope are getting their asses handed to them. Um, the entire town is surrounded by, by Ger- Germans. And Rio and her platoon are going to go up the slope to do something. And it's just going to be them. And Horn is, of course, going to be in the castle getting the lay of the land, doing nothing, sitting on his fucking hands. And then on top of that, um, they just came off a horrific battle and there's no food. So they, <laughs> it's the worst fucking thing. And she's like, what the fuck? How do you expect us to do this? And he's like, oh, don't worry. It shouldn't be a problem for you, little Miss Silver Star. And well, she, go ahead. No, I'm, I'll hold comments to the end. She realizes he's itching for her to snap at him so that he can get her court-martialed. So she doesn't give him that satisfaction. She turns to her platoon and gives them the lowdown. They're all completely dumbfounded. At least they have fresh drinking water from the river. This is going to be a fucking shit show. What the fuck? That's the end of the section. What were you going to say? Two things. Yeah. Horn must know that he is relying on this platoon to make his career. He keeps throwing them into the shit. Why the fuck are you causing tension with them? Like, I realize it's because he's a sexist fuckhole and no one likes him. But why would you ever act like that when you are standing on the shoulders of those people? Two, if the tanks are getting their asses handed to them, why are you sending the liquid-filled meat sacks to protect the (laughs) tanks? That doesn't make sense in any world. Nope. I hate this so much. He's the We just got rid of Strand Braxton. Now we have this fucker to deal yeah, with. Yeah, like, I didn't want another one. I just didn't want Strand Braxton to be there. Uh, stop throwing these terrible men at us. I don't like them. Yeah. I don't like them at all. Make them go away. My Okay, my other third not a problem but is an Alex problem with this chapter Yeah, is that the unfortunate part of getting into D&D is now every time they said Mercer, I just pictured Matt Mercer. The, I did too, and yeah. I don't even know Matt Mercer that much. It doesn't matter. Every time they said Mercer, it's just like, oh, Matt Mercer's there too. That's interesting. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe in the Frontlines movie, Matt Mercer can play. Hell yeah. Mercer. It's coming together. Crossing Her the universes. Big brain. Big brain energy. time. Get Matt Mercer in there. Hell yeah. Oh my god, this is so intense! Yeah, and like, Horn is such a fucking idiot. Like, I just, I do not understand his attitude. His his plans are obviously shit. Like, he's evil. He's evil. Yeah, he cares only about power and fame and 
Nothing else. Like, this is this is hell. This is like the final hour and you have this horrible person who is calling all the shots and you can't fucking do anything about it. And like, he doesn't ever stop to question his own actions. Like, okay, sure. So like, you're trying to spend your people's lives to get whatever cool fact you're looking for back. But your people only lived because Rio got them out of there because they were pinned down. They were all just being picked off one by one and Rio managed to get them out of there. So like, why think that through and okay. So you hate Rio. Sure. All right. For whatever reason you hate Rio. She's a woman. Sure. She's, she's a woman. Why do you hate everyone else on your platoon? Because like, they're not him. How can you? Ugh. I, I hate this. I hate this behavior so much. It's not great. It's not. It's not good. I hate it. It's. It's not. It's infuriating. I know it's supposed to be, but it's like. Yeah, but. I just. So like you can, for certain things. It's like, oh, there are elements of a real person in this. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, they're contemptible. We don't like them. But, like, because it's Michael Grant, he he takes a person that we all know. Like, Right. It's so much of a real person that you're just like, oh, there are real people like you in real life. And I don't like that because it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I I hate that, like, this isn't an all-consuming evil person that I can just easily say, well, of course they're bad. Of course I hate them. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I hate them. They're bad. They're terrible. And also I know this dude, like I know this person. And like, that's so much fucking worse though. It's, it's like with David. <sighs> yeah. We know that kid. Of course we know that kid. We all know the <sighs> dumb idiot that, you know, fucking has a cat named mega death because they thought it was cool. Like, fuck man. God. How are they so good at writing villains? I don't know. Like, I just... I can't. I don't know. I can't with any of it. Oh, my God. How do we only have, like, two parts of this book left? Like, how how is this going to wrap up in two more parts? I literally don't... I don't know. I don't know. Like, I kind of, like, peeked ahead to see, like, how it was broken up. But, like, I don't... I know. I'm sorry. How dare you? I'm sorry. I I had to. But, like, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, like, kind of looking forward to seeing how. Like, I want to see how much can be conveyed in such, like, small little segments about certain things. But, like, and, like, what he'll choose to convey in those segments. But, like... It's it's just like they're it's again it's like the Anwar saying the last fourteen pages of the book could be like literally you're like how are they going to wrap this up in fourteen pages and so much would be jam packed into there and I'm so scared that that's what's going to happen not because I think that that's bad or negative or anything but because the amount of damage that that man could do to me emotionally (laughs) was just a few sentences too much oh no. Oh, no. Fuck, man. I just, I don't like it. Do we think all our girls are going to make it out of this war alive? 
I don't know. I don't know either. What what I'm interested in is that we only had one little rainy mention. I mean, she got like a big part of the first part of the yeah. book with with her mission, but like, what is she even doing? Like right now, talking to Herkemeyer. I guess, and like, but like, Frangie and Rio are still like in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm very concerned. I'm assuming the Battle of the Bulge is going to be mostly Rio and Frangie. Probably, yeah. Oh, what? 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 It's just, it's, I can't. Why not? Yeah. Do it. I don't know. Come on. Like, but like when I was uh, like, so there's different segments coming up, and there's one about this. This is called the camps, and I, Ooh. I just, I just, you know, I don't know. This is gonna be a horror show. It's gonna be bad. It's. <laughs> we're just like staring <laughs> off into space imagining the horrors that lay ahead of us yeah. staring into the middle distance mm-hmm. what the fuck we're almost done I can't believe it I can't believe we're almost done with another one mm. well any last stray thoughts I don't think so I pretty much leveled them all out there as we were going I love Jack and Rio. I love Jack and Rio so much. And if they don't end up together and happy, which of course they won't because this is a fucking Michael Grant book, but if they don't end up together and happy, I'll be upset. Together and coping. I would yeah, go Yeah, okay, for. yeah. Together, yes, yeah, sure. Yes. Working through their P- PTSD together. Mm-hmm. Would be nice. Mm-hmm. But like, as we're reading that, like, this episode, more than any other, as we're talking about this, I just have the echoes of the letter at the end of the Animorphs books in my head of, like, relationships that thrived in war don't, like, fall apart. Out- no. Right. And, like, there's no there's no. no black and white villain. Everything is shades of gray. Like, no. this, this section more than any other, that is echoing in my head. No. I know. I know. Somebody needs to be happy. Somebody, give, give me something. I don't think they're gonna. Fuck. Fuck. I know. Fuck, fuck, fuck. fuck. No. I don't. We've been personally victimized by Michael Grant. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> no. Oh, no. What if Jack dies? No. No. What if Rio dies? No. No. But, like, I thought the person. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! I was like, no. The person writing the letter, you know, um, said that she saw Rio the other day. But it could have been dead. It could have been a Black I, Beauty moment. She was Beauty, it. and Rio was it. Ginger, and there was a death it. card. I hate it. I hate it. Also, I did like the mention of Jeanneau uh, was furiously scribbling in the book very oddly. Yeah. She's, she's our narrator, okay? I don't care what she's anyone says. She's the narrator. She's gotta be. She's yeah, gotta I be. I didn't write that down in the summary, but it was definitely in there. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. One more thing that you didn't get yeah. in the summary that I thought yeah. was amazing. Not important, yeah. but amazing. Uh, when they are all drinking in Paris and yeah. Jeannot just like set, throws down the letter and says, I need to ask you guys a serious question. And Kat Preeling was like, uh, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know about this. And then... <laughs> She's like literally like leaning back from the table, like, oh God, oh God. And then Jano's like, 
can we call each other by our first names? And Kat's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, all right. And I'm like, Kat, what were you afraid of, though? What were you afraid was going to happen, Kat? I must know. I need to talk to you about something. <laughs> oh, no, they did it to Kat. <laughs> yeah, she had that reaction. Like, oh, jeez. Oh, I've, I've been Kat this week. We're venturing into what I call feelings territory. <laughs> and I don't like that. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Delightful. Delightful. And horrifying. I am so excited and so apprehensive. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't go through this again. I know. Shit. I can't. These people. They do things to me. Yeah. And my heart. My heart and my soul and my mind, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, all that movie. It's so good. We should just do a fucking School of Rock episode at some point. We kind of have to. We might as well. Might as well. We're doing it in chunks throughout all the other episodes anyways. <laughs> we can compile them all into a full episode right. at this point. The School so of Rock well Supercut. Yeah. Oh, no. Matt's coming. All right. All right. The, the Matthew. Go. Yeah, the Matthew has spoken. A man has told us what to do. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's horrible. I'm sorry. We can cut that. I'm so sorry. No, it's great. It's great. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Well, if you want to tell us how your body and soul have been wrecked by Apple Grant, uh, you can email us at anonymousanimorse at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Book Club. You can find us on Twitter at Apple Grant Cast or Animorphs Anon. And you can find us on Instagram at Apple Grant Cast or Animorphs Anonymous. And I forgot to mention our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites on Facebook, which you can join and come chat with us. It's fantastic. We love it. Fuck yeah, you can watch us get our posts taken down by Instagram because I dared to say a fuck word about a man in it. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, if you want to hear us say more fuck words about men, you can probably come to our Discord server. I think we do that a lot. Do we? Do we? Uh, we say fuck words there. We say um, fuck words a lot. I don't think we particularly talk about... Oh, I don't know. Uh, Who knows? You know what? Start the conversation if you want it. Yeah, you could be surprised about what we say in Discord. It's normally great. It's great stuff. We love everyone there. They're all great. Mm -hmm. um, you could be in there with us. Uh, ask us on any of our socials for the Discord link, and we'll get you in there mm -hmm. with us. Um, uh, uh, oh, my God. At, at the time of this going out, um, I will have posted all the episodes of Animorphs Anonymous on the YouTubes oh my God. that we have. Oh my god, you can binge listen to the whole series. Just go for it, man. It's, it's a good time. Amazing. Well, what if I like books, but I don't want to listen to anything, and also I would like it to be a webcomic, though? You motherfuckers like webcomics. I don't know why that was <laughs> I, so aggressive. I'm I so sorry. I fucking do like webcomics. <laughs> Where do I get my webcomics, Casey? Get a fucking webcomic on my webcomic that I have. It's called Beside You. It's 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 not. I'm sorry. It's about music and romance in the nineties. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I just wanted to say it in that voice. I didn't mean to step on your. It's great description. It's great. Yeah, do it. I didn't want it. Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. There's cool no wrestlers on there. Cool man. Oh, I thought it was cool. Okay. Anyways.
Oh, I was doing a wrestler. No, I was too, and then I switched to the Kool Aid Man because we started saying, gotcha. "Oh yeah." Anyway, it do- this doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Okay, go read my comic bsideyoucomic.com. Read it on top of some webtoons. Go to patreon.com/slash KCD Studios. Help me support making the comic. And there might be a super secret podcast on there about one of the characters. <gasps> you mean the Slater cast? The Slater cast. The Slater cast, which for only. $482.63 a month you can get on Casey's Patreon. It is Dan and I talking about why Slater's the best character. It's great. He's, he's the best character. He just is. He just is. Alex is very good at talking about how Slater's the best character. Not. Alex is very good at talking. I'm not. About I'm super not. Much. Shh. I'm, doing, I'm doing a bit. Alex is very good at talking about everything, and and she loves to talk about things because she's on a bunch of fucking podcasts that I love to listen to. Alex, what are your fucking podcasts? Shit. There's there's this one, Airborne Synonymous, or Apple Grant Book Club, however you want to call it. There's this one. Uh, we started with Animorphs. I continue the Animorphs thing on Dungeons and & Draken Beams, which is where we play a D&D game where it's Animorphs, and we're all new idiot teenagers with a death wish that can touch animals and turn into them and get into trouble. And I think my character is probably the second best one. Everyone knows Cameron's the best. Listen, if you listen to D&DB, it's Cameron. Cameron's the best. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But maybe second best would be my character, Savannah. And maybe by the time this episode comes out, she'll be dead because things are going terribly awry in the universe. We are fighting aliens and we are children. It's not great. So anyways, there's that one. Dungeons and Drakenbeams. Give us a listen. There's, you know, it's a good time. Uh, There's also Horse Girls, which I will say in that voice every time now, and I don't know why. But it's with uh, Tim and famous Jenna, who are wonderful and amazing, and we talk about horse stories. We are finishing up the Heartland series, and we're doing a few other books in between and then moving into a new series. Black Beauty's coming up. So (gasps) I know. I'm so ready for Black Beauty. It's going to be a great time. And we have uh, awesome guests, too, that are helping us with our in-betweener books before we get into the new series. So check out Horse Girls. It's very, very fun. Um, and then what else am I on? You can uh, check out Soup Salad Sandwich. That's a podcast that I am on. There's Cadmista Crisis Assist, a Superboy podcast that I am on. And uh, those two are in hiatus right now. But like, fuck it. There's a there's some episodes you can check them out. Fuck it. Why not? I don't know. It's an offering. You don't have to take it. It's it's all right. You don't. You can just leave it. It's fine. You no. You know what? No. Never mind. <laughs> I'm taking don't, it. Don't worry about those last two. It's fine. Oh no. <laughs> Someday there will be another super secret project that oh, maybe yeah. some people will be on that are also here yeah. in this room. Yeah, in this room right now. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what You'll room I'm know. in. Yeah. Maybe I'm in a room with... Where it happened. Oh, shit. Yeah, where it happened. That's a good one. I was trying to think of a celebrity and I was going to say Christopher Walken. Wow. Wow. Maybe he'll be on <laughs> the, the project. You don't know. <gasps> oh, I would love that. Um, fuck thank you to Jess for our awesome theme music that we love go find Jess at it's Reese I it's R-E-I-S-E listen I-E-E-I who can tell go find her 
Go find Jess. Go find Jess. Jess. Scream her name into the Jess. wind. Just Jess. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is that it? I think we, I think we did it. I, I always forget if we're forgetting things. We're always forgetting things. That's true. But if you don't remember that you forgot them, then what's the Was harm? Was it ever really a sound? Was it ever really a sound in the woods if you don't forget where you're from? I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch how I soar. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, oh no, that's sad. Oh, no. Well, it wouldn't be sad if that were Strand fucking Braxton. Oh, dabs.